This morning, our scripture reading will be from Romans 12, verses 1 through 3. Let's read together. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Relation and individualism, we are reminded of how important it is to stay connected to God and to each other. Jesus gave us a meaningful metaphor to help make the point. I am the vine and you are the branches, Jesus declared. Jesus calls us into a life of connection before production, a life rooted in genuine love, a life that yields fruit that lasts as we abide in him. Connected, abiding in Christ, what a beautiful thought, a beautiful imagery, and what truth it is as well. You know, through sin, we separated ourselves from God, but through Jesus, we were reconnected. And the whole point is to stay connected. Sometimes we focus on the fruit, and that's not the point. It is to be connected to the, to the vine, and then the fruit will come. But sometimes we really struggle with that. But even in our failures, we can be grafted back in because of the mercy God shown, has shown to us. And as a part of that, we are part of something bigger than just us. And uh, we can bear that fruit. We can show that love, that great love that was shown to us. What a beautiful series so far. And today we're especially talking about a connected community. How we come together as the body of believers to be a part of this community. What a powerful, powerful thought. Because together we're so much better than we are alone. So I'm kind of curious, no matter what your age is, if you know the name Helen Keller, raise your hand. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Helen Keller was born in 1880, just a couple of years before me. And, yeah. and yet we all know her. And, and it did, I don't know if you looked at the youth group. I took a glance up there. But you could look at the young people around you, and many of their hands were up. They know who Helen Keller was. Born in 1880 in Alabama, at the age of 19 months, she lost her sight and hearing. Maybe because of scarlet fever, they, some uh, suggest, or meningitis. But whatever it was, at the age of 19 months, she lost her sight and her hearing. And yet at the age of 24, she graduated with honors from college. Largely because of the lady in the picture with her, Ann Sullivan. It's a picture of Ann Sullivan and Helen Keller, and you, if you can look closely, Helen Keller has her hand on uh, Ann Sullivan's lips, feeling the vibration of her voice. She learned to communicate with Braille, of course, but also with tactile uh, sign language. She eventually went on to speak as well. She became a great author, an advocate for, for those with disabilities, for um, justice in this world. And one of Helen Keller's famous quotes, and she has many, is this. 
Alone, we can do so little. Together, we can do so much. And isn't it powerful to know that somebody like her felt that way? And yet, for me and, and for you, in our lives there came a point that we entered into this darkness, this separation. And yet, because of Jesus, we were reconnected with God. And we were added at that moment of reconnection, of forgiveness, in the waters of baptism to the church. And we're not alone. And together, we can do so much. We are a connected community. What a powerful, powerful thought. Paul's making that point in our text today in Romans chapter 12. He, he talks about how we are connected because of the mercy that was shown to each of us. Verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, family, in view of God's mercy, in fact, he starts it all out, we are we're family because of Jesus, and in view of that mercy that was shown to us by God through Jesus, it should change how we look at all things. It gave us back our ability to see things as they really are. It highlights the foundation of our connection with Jesus and through Jesus and the grace that was extended not only to me but also to you. It's the grace that brought us together. So brother and sister, in view of God's mercy, let's offer our bodies as living sacrifices. Something's changed. In the Old Testament, they offered animal sacrifices. I mean, and once an animal was sacrificed, it was gone. But for us, after the sacrifice of Jesus on our behalf, we are to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. We're presented to, call, to give everything to God, our Ourselves, our body, our mind, our, our spirit. We are surrender all to Jesus. Offer your, your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. A sacrifice that pleases Him. In other words, it's living a life that aligns with who God is. And when we live that life aligned with Him, it's very pleasing to Him. To live those holy lives. And the fruit... From the vine, Jesus comes through us, and it bears righteousness and obedience to God. And that's our true act of worship. That's your true and proper worship. Worship is more than just coming into this place at this time. It encompasses the entirety of our lives. All of our lives are devoted to God. Well, Romans 12:1 paints a vivid picture of our connections to Jesus. And how when we are rooted in Christ, it changes all things. We are connected, me and you, through mercy. And because of that connection, we are now transformed. He goes on in verse 2. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. And you know the pattern of this world. I'm not even going to spend hardly any time on it at all. I mean, it's self-centeredness. It has to do with materialism. It has to do with conforming to the social norms. This is what this world does. This is how you're supposed to act in this situation. You need to conform to that in your social behavior, your ethics, your morality. You're supposed to be very individualized. And, and in a sense, you live isolated lives because what matters to you is what matters the most. And that's isolation. It's self-sufficiency. And so what this world, this pattern of this world, is independence and autonomy. And yet that's not what we're supposed to be like. Instead, we're supposed to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
One that sees the interdependence we have on each other and the community we're supposed to be in. And so we go, this, go through this profound inward renewal that reorients our hearts and our minds and our way of thinking. Our lives become Christ-like and Christ-centered. And that changes everything. We allow the Holy Spirit to guide our thoughts and minds through His Word, through spending time in prayer to God. We develop those attitudes and align our lives with God's will. In other words, we conform to Christ. We're transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we may be more Christ-like. And in so doing, we find this interdependence. Verse 3, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, Do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment. In accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. We are interdependent. I mean, together, connected, this humility that comes from seeing your value and mine brings us into this interconnectedness. To not think more highly than we should have of what I do. It's the most important thing. It's more important than what you do. No. It's a humility of seeing what I can do and what you can do can do so much more. We are the body of Christ, and we find this unity even in diversity. Verse 4, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. I mean, you know this to be truth. Aren't you, aren't you thankful? You're, 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 you have a body, and, and each member does something different, and it comes together to do something any more, even more. We have this interconnectedness and interdependence. What beautiful imagery. And so we have this. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. What a powerful thought. In other words, despite the diversity of gifts that you and I both bring to it and our roles, we are united in one body. And because of that, there is a mutual responsibility. I mean, I need to do my part as a body. And each of us needs to do our part as the body so that we can accomplish what God wants us to. I mean, we're not individuals. We're not supposed to live isolated lives, separated from one another. We have this unity that's found through the mercy and God showed us through Christ. And together we work as a body harmoniously. Believers are called to work together in this kind of unity as we each contribute to the overall health of the body so that we can do what we should do and flourish in this community. Now, that doesn't mean as an as a individual you're not important. In fact, maybe online today is, is someone worshiping with us, but they find themselves in a locale here in the United States or maybe somewhere around the world where they're kind of alone. I mean, there's, there's not other believers for them to join with. And when God sees them worshiping this morning and giving him worship, do you think that's not pleasing to God? I mean, <laughs> I think it causes God to smile. That all alone, someplace in this world, or because of some reason, they find themselves alone giving worship to God. And God says, look at there. Brings a smile to his face. Brings him joy. But brother and sister, that is not us today. And I think your presence here brings a smile to God's face as well. 
He looks down, look, and, and sees us. He says, look at there, my child. Someone who got up this morning on the first day of the week and chose to begin their day and begin their week giving worship and praise to God. And it's not just them alone. As they give me that worship and praise, they get to do it together. And I don't know about you, but singing those songs and just being here is such an encouragement to me. Do you recognize this image? Charlie Brown's Christmas tree. Hmm, infamous, isn't it? Charlie Brown thought it was a beautiful tree, I imagine. And I wouldn't be a bit surprised if even you see that and it brings a smile to your face. As you remember, there's beauty in that. And just as there's beauty in that Christian worshiping God isolated because they have to be, we are not that person. That is not us. We have been united with the body of faith, and we are not called to be a little branch. We are joined together through Jesus to shine brightly in this world. We are called to bring our diversity of gifts together and use them with enthusiasm to serve God. And together, we make the body bigger and better. Verse 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. I mean, there are diverse gifts here. A, a lot of different gifts. Your abilities are different than mine, mine than yours, all of us together. And, it, and sometimes they change with time, do they not? But that doesn't mean any of us have no gifts. Instead, we come together with diversity to have these gifts and use them in a way that brings glory to God. And he lists some of them. The gift of prophecy. If that's your gift, then prophesy. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is encouraging, then give encouragement to other people. If it's giving, give generously. If it's leading, lead. If it's showing mercy, do so with cheerfulness. Whatever our gifts, and, and those are just a sampling of them. Whatever God has done for us, the point is to use it in a way that brings him glory and honor. And as a church family, we take this as a priority. We believe we are a connected community, no matter what our age or stage in life. And so once a year, we pause in our time of worship to stress the importance of that. And we look at our ministry involvement. And that's what we're going to do at this time. Matt works very hard to help us find ways to use the gifts God's given us at this stage in our life in a powerful way. So Matt, if you'd come and share some thoughts. Good morning, everyone. I have the pleasure, I've had the pleasure the last couple of years of collaborating with Kent on involvement, as well as the many ministry leaders who have the more difficult job of accomplishing the associated mission with each of their, their ministries. Um, my goal this morning is to share some of the opportunities for you to get involved in these ministries and to connect you with those leaders. If you can advance to the next one. You might, uh, you might notice a very subtle QR code here. It, um, <laughs> We highly encourage you to take out your smart device if you have one, scan the code. This will take you to, this will link you to the 2024 uh, involvement form for our congregation and lists all the many opportunities you have to get involved this year. This is not a comprehensive list, but it's the ones that we have at this point in time. 
there are roughly 144 different ways, as I mentioned, to get involved, so there's ample opportunity. Now, one of the good, one of the benefits of second service, beyond more, being, having more involved in singing, is I don't have a time limit. So we can walk through all 144 this morning to make sure every one of them's clear. No, I'm not gonna do that to you, nor do I wanna be up here that long. Um, but I do want to touch on a few key needs. So all of these, there, there's needs in all of these areas, but there are some very specific ones where the need might be a bit stronger. And there's a few new opportunities. You will notice some there, many of the opportunities haven't changed from last year, if you've seen the form from last year. But we need, we need involvement in all of these areas. So if you have the form open, I'd like to first call attention to number three, and there's, each of these are numbered for reference. That's the benevolence opportunity for uh, refugee assistance. So Brian is, um, Brian is leading this ministry and he's looking for folks willing to help families that have been relocated here, obviously from different countries, uh, for just various needs. And I want to clarify, there's no expectation or need to provide financial assistance. That's provided via other means for these folks. But it's really just to be available to answer questions, maybe guide them on just simple processes that we take for granted, or even maybe just taking them to the grocery store. Uh, what an excellent way to connect with people that we, we don't come into contact with normally and to show God's love. The next one I want to call attention to is number eight, Campus Beautification, led by Paul Walker. So this one is not new this year. It is an event that occurs generally in the springtime to kind of clean up around the campus, trimming bushes, clean out flower beds. As you've seen the flower bed here on the north side, it's gonna need some work soon. Um, Paul needs help with that in the, here in the springtime that's coming up. I mention it specifically because last year he, he didn't have a lot of engagement. So let's, let's show Paul that we're here to help him and to support his ministry and support keeping our, our campus looking nice. Uh, the children's ministry has several sections, 10 through 12, with many opportunities to help with VBS, Bible classes, and other events. Brenda and Hannah rely heavily on this volunteer form and, and the list that they get from it to find their volunteers. Excuse me. I think I'm allergic to this podium. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's made of cedar or not. So. Every, every quarter, they have to find 60 teachers for the children's classes. Now, that's an awesome problem to have, right? But it is a problem because it takes a lot of people. And they, so they rely heavily on this list. It's much easier than tracking down people and, and finding people willing to do it. And it's one of the easiest classes to teach here. The materials are provided. You show up a little early, root through the materials, and teach a class. Even, even I can do this. So I highly recommend people get involved in that. Uh, grief share number 19, as you may know, has kicked off last week, and that 12-week session is in progress, and they are looking for people willing to bring snacks for the participants. Uh, the kids' place is back on the list, and Jen Foster is looking for people willing to be trained as a facilitator in helping those that are dealing with grief. What an incredible way to help people that are going through a, a terrible time in their lives. Uh, I want to also turn our attention to the prison ministry, which is item 27. So I think it was roughly 2018, David Denton started this, this ministry and he works with the Oklahoma City and Carver Transitional Centers here in Oklahoma City. These centers are minimal security. They work with incarcerated men that um, 
were accused or, or incarcerated for nonviolent crimes, and they're working to, to transition back into normal life. So every Sunday, um, David and volunteers will transport some of these men to our building, and they'll have a meal, and they'll have an hour-long Bible study. He's, he, there's multiple ways to get involved in this, but the key needs are, one, he needs men willing to teach Bible class. You want a great way to practice your skills and develop your skills as a Bible class leader. Uh, low stress, you have extra help there with you, and, uh, and, it's, and he is very flexible on how often you would need to teach. The other part of that is to, to bring meals for these men on the days when we don't have Sunday night for the master. The women's ministry is looking for women willing to lead a small group Bible study and you know another Bible study where we could use help. And finally, I want to turn your attention to the last item on the list. This is item number 35. This is skills you can use to bless others. So it's kind of a new concept that we put on the form this year. You know, most of these opportunities you see are specific opportunities that we know we need help. The idea here is we all have skills and, and resources that we can offer to serve others and to bless others. And so that's what we're trying to find out. What skills and resources would you like to offer to bless others? It's not committing to a specific need. We may not have a need for these right now. They may not align with any of the other opportunities on the forum. But if something pops up that aligns with a skill you can offer, you can most likely be contacted by the ministry staff or myself or someone, one of the ministry leaders. So we encourage everyone to check something, check one of the boxes on this form. And there's some pre-selected, pre-defined boxes here or different skills. And there's an other box, so you can specify what skills that you would like to offer. So we really encourage people to provide feedback on that one. So even though I didn't mention all the ministry opportunities, they're all very important. As you can see by the length of the forum or just through discussing it, we have a lot of things going on, a lot of people working in this congregation to serve the Lord. And many of those are behind the scenes. They don't even appear on this forum. But unfortunately, many needs go unfilled. And, but they're all still very important. With this size of a congregation, it's not feasible for these leaders to ask each one of us to get involved in their ministries. So that's why they take the time to identify these opportunities. That's why they, we take the time to put them on this forum. It's your personal invitation to get involved in their ministries. So please consider that. So this is where we come in. We ask that you review these multiple opportunities, commit to get involved somewhere, whether it's one or multiple, pray about it, and submit your elections. Now, you can certainly submit them right now as, as I continue talking, or you can take it home, uh, pray about it, think about it, and submit it at a later time. Uh, that is perfectly fine. We don't want you to jump into anything that you don't think you're ready for. Also, it gives you time to contact these ministry leaders. We put the name, their name on the form for a reason. Uh, one, so you can contact them to get more contacts on these opportunities so you know what you're signing up for but also to follow up. If you volunteer for something and you haven't heard back whenever it's time to actually engage in that activity, you can follow up with them and they welcome both. Um, but if you, do if you do take it home or, or take a few days to consider it, we just ask that you submit it within by, by March 19th. That's the point at which we uh, take a snapshot of this data and provide it to the ministry leaders uh, so they know who, who has volunteered. Um, if you leave here today without that link, you can access it again via the Access Regi Registration Forms link on our webpage, and it's also in our, in our app. We also ask that uh, you only submit one form per person. Actually, the electronic form, I think, enforces that. We have paper copies in the, in the foyer uh, that you can also use uh, to submit your elections, but please just remember one form per person. 
Now, as I mentioned on March 19th, we're going to compile a list of all the current volunteers that we have at this point. And every few months, I'll grab another list of, of new volunteers and, and provide it to the ministry leaders. So please try to have your submissions in by, by that, that time. Some leaders may reach out to you immediately, and some may take a little bit longer as their needs are further out in the year. So if it's something that's not needed to the fall, you know, just give them a, a little grace and a little time to make contact with you. Uh, if it's something that's needed in the, in the near term and you haven't heard back by April, feel free to reach out to your leaders and, and confirm uh, if they need your help. Now, this form, I just wanted to kind of clarify one thing. This form is just a snapshot of involvement opportunities that we have today. There's other opportunities that don't appear in the form uh, that you will see in the bulletin from time to time. And it will change over time, right, as new opportunities materialize. Those will be communicated again on the bulletin at the end of service here uh, and Bible classes or Sunday night for the master. Please note that the ministry leaders and I use the, our church community builder or CCB app heavily. So please make sure your contact information is up to date because if you volunteer for something, they're going to use that information to contact you. So make sure your phone number and your email address, if you have one, are up to date, please. Now, some time ago, um, I don't know, six, seven years ago, my employer brought in a motivational speaker. Obviously, I'm not one of those. Uh, but he brought in a motivational speaker. And this was a young guy that uh, he climbed Everest. And I don't know if you've ever experienced something similar. Maybe you have. But he, got on, he went on to talk about how all the challenges he had just, just to climb a small hill and working his way up to climbing Everest and all the challenges of actually getting to the peak. And he had many, right? He was, he was with the team. And they worked together to solve many different weather problems and other conditions they hadn't planned on. After that, you know, I was, I was fired up, not only to, to tackle whatever issue laid in front of me at work, but I was ready to go climb Everest. But after a few weeks, and after climbing Mount Sigertel, um, you know, that kind of wanes. That's, that's natural, we're human, right? We, we, we're kind of temporal in that, in that matter. What's my point? We know that uh, Kent's, Kent's sermons are quite motivational, and, and I hope it inspires you to sign up and, and volunteer for, for one or multiple ways to get involved. But when the time comes, whether it's two, three, six months from now, and those ministry leaders reach out to you to engage you in an opportunity, please respond. We're human. Things change. You know, our demands change, our motivations change, and things come up, right? Maybe you're not able to help. But we encourage you to remember this exuberance that you have today. And, and try to re reflect on that when they actually contact you. And, and whether you can assist or not, please just respond so that they can plan accordingly. We hope that you all prayerfully consider each of these opportunities and commit to serve and trust in that God will work through you. As it says in Romans 12, 6, and as Ken has already noted, we each have gift, different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Let us use those gifts to intentionally serve God. So to recap, Please review the form, check one or more elections, go to item 35 and please check one or more things there. Submit your form and, um, and please do so before March 19th. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate that. Well, obviously we are connected and to be a part of the vine means active connectedness active participation on a regular basis and that means worship and fellowship and service and encouraging each other 
Mutual encouragement and accountability are so key. Paul said it clearly in Hebrews 10, 24. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. That spurring on to love and good deeds is found by being together. And may this be a moment that spurs us on to doing even more. That reminds us of the importance of a connected community and the strength that is found when we all serve together. And what a beautiful sense of belonging and support. So today, we really are thinking about how being a part of the vine is more than just gathering for worship. It's actively engaging in service and supporting one another and using our gifts and talents in many different ways. One of those ways happens tonight with Sunday night for the master. When we come together, I know my mom who has passed on now, she used to come and her favorite thing to do at those gatherings was sit out there in the foyer and at the table with the ladies out there, she, she said, I'm going to cut up. She was one of the cut up ladies. They were cutting up things for, for, uh, for Bible classes. And she loved to sit across the table from people she didn't know. One of the best ways to connect to others is to serve together. Go on a mission trip. Come and just minister to others together. Be involved in the lives of others. And in so doing, you will find that together we can do so much than we can alone. The power of connectedness and community. It was seen clearly in the lives of Helen Keller and Ann Sullivan. I mean, I love that quote. Alone we can do so little. Together we can do so much. And it was true for Helen Keller. Ann Sullivan made a powerful difference in her life. And in so doing, Helen Keller has made a powerful difference in this world. She is known, and she is known because of how she stepped out of darkness and the inability to communicate and made an impact in this world. But it wasn't her alone that was changed. In helping, Ann Sullivan was also changed. In a, a play entitled The Miracle Worker by William Gibson, the character of Ann Sullivan has this quote, There's no such thing as can't. You taught me that. So in, together, they made a difference in each other's life. The powerful impact of coming together and, and journeying life together. It transforms each of us. And as we help others, it helps us be transformed as well. What a beautiful thought. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited and pretty pleased to be connected. Because together we can do so much more. Joined together in the dark moments of life, we can bring lightness to others. And in our dark moments, others can be a blessing for us as well. Paul would put it this way in Galatians chapter 6. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. What a beautiful way of being together. Well, 18th century is where we are today, and back in that century, there was a minister in England... His name was John Fawcett, and he was in a small community in England and received an opportunity to move to London to a very prominent and larger congregation where he could even serve more people and make a more powerful impact. He and his wife Mary seriously considered the opportunity that was in front of them. 
And yet, when they thought about the connectedness they had with the people where they were, they found it difficult to leave because they had walked through life together. They carried each other's burdens. They, they knew each other with all their weaknesses and failures, with all the struggles that comes from being a small congregation, and they walked through it united. And so they decided to stay and, and not to go. And it was very powerful in their lives. They understood what happens in a community, that interconnectedness that can, that can happen. So much so that John Fawcett wrote the hymn that we oftentimes sing if someone comes forward for prayer. You notice after we pray with them, we oftentimes sing the song, Bless Be the Tie. It is our way of showing that we're carrying each other's burdens, that we are connected in view of God's mercy, and together we get to do life. Isn't that a joy? Not isolated, not independent. independent. We are united. And we walk through the good days and the challenging ones. We carry each other's burdens. What a joy. That's what happened when you gave your life to Christ in the waters of baptism. So don't walk away from it. And if you have walked away, come back. You can be grafted back in. God needs you. This body needs you. And if you're a part of the body and you're coasting, if that's where you are right now, that's okay. The rest of us will take up the slack. But don't live there forever. God brought you here for a reason. So find that reason and be a part of it. And friend, if you're not a Christian, that's what's waiting for you. A bunch of imperfect people that in the view of God's mercy find themselves united as church. And we'd invite you to that. If you've been studying and you know what that means to submit your life to Christ and have your sins washed away in the waters of baptism, we would love to celebrate with you today. If the concerns you have are a little bit more uh, ones that you would like to speak more in a quiet setting than in a large setting, we have a couple of shepherds and their wives that are going to make their way to the parlor. They would love to receive you. The rest of us, we're going to stand and we're going to sing the song, Blessed Be the Time. And no matter where you are, may it be a time of reflection as you think about the tie that binds us through the mercy of Jesus. If you need to respond, we'd invite you to do so as we stand together and sing.